Hello everyone, welcome to the I Am Cannabis Sativa podcast. I am your host, Cannabis Sativa. If you are currently a medical marijuana patient and want to tell your story and be featured on the podcast, feel free to email me at iamcannabisativa at gmail.com. Feel free to hit me up on Instagram at iamcannabisativa. Feel free to check out our official Twitter account at icsativapodcast. Also check out our website at iamcannabisativa.com. On this website, we have blog posts, links to the archives of this podcast, and other videos from cannabis experts from many walks of the field. You can find and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Anchor FM, Stitcher, and the Google Play Music Store. Please rate and review us on iTunes, as rating and reviewing us will bump up the pod on their algorithm and put this podcast in front of even more eyeballs. If you like what we are doing, please become a Patreon and support us. We plan on doing big things with our humble project, such as going to trade shows, visiting other MMJ or recreational states, and doing on-field work. Supporting us By supporting us, you help us to keep the lights on, pay rent, pay for hosting, pay for equipment, and travel. And you can do this by going to https colon slash slash anchor dot fm slash I am Cannabis Sativa Podcast slash support. Again, that is www.anchor.fm. It's .fm, not .com. Slash I am Cannabis Sativa Podcast slash support. And um, today's episode is, um, you know, we're going to sort of take a time machine and, and, and talk about, um, about Oklahoma's uh, ballot initiative that happened a couple months ago. Um, normally I wouldn't really cover things that, um, I wouldn't really go back in time and try to cover things that ha- have already sort of been resolved, but I feel that what happened with Oklahoma is a very good learning experience for, uh, states, particularly, um, conservative states in the Midwest and the South, as, um, I, I feel like a lot could be gleaned from what, what went down in Oklahoma and, you know, the act the activists down there that really that really didn't take any bs from the lawmakers and from officials um what happened with oklahoma was um i mean it sort of predates the starting of this podcast because um our our project started early august i believe and um the ballot measure passed in june but i still feel that there are a lot of things that can be taken away from this um I, and this episode is probably going to drop the day after Christmas. Um, it's right now it's, um, it's the day before it's, it's Festivus, you know, Merry Festivus for the rest, Happy Festivus for the rest of us, like they say in Seinfeld. But, um, but yeah, um, I'm going to read an article from, um, the Associated Press and then I'm going to have a, and then I'm going to sort of discuss it a bit. Um, it's, there's a lot you can learn from what Oklahoma did and, you know how they reacted to their lawmakers and how 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 quick they were able to implement it um you have to keep in mind they voted on medical marijuana in june of this year and i believe in december they had their first dispensaries that's 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 practically unheard of even in blue states you know they they held their lawmakers to some very stringent guidelines and and you know made sure that they followed the will of the people and made a stink if they didn't. And, you know, states that are going to try to put it on the ballot or try to collect signatures in 2019 and even try to 
put it on their ballot in 2020, I, f I feel like there's a lot of valuable lessons that can be learned. And without further ado, I'm going to read the article. Oklahoma quickly becoming medical marijuana hotbed by Sean Murphy of the Associated Pet Press. Okay, so Oklahoma City, AP. The rollout of statewide medical recreational medical and recreational programs is typically a grindingly slow process that can take years. Not so in Oklahoma, which moved with lightning speed once voters approved medical cannabis in June. The ballot question received 57 57% support and established one of the nation's most liberal medical marijuana laws and one of the most conservative states in the country. Six months later, the cannabis industry is booming. Farmers and entrepreneurs are racing to start commercial grow operations, and the state is issuing licenses to new farmers, growers, and dispensary operator, operators at a frantic pace. Retail outlets open just four months after legalization. Let, let that sink in. Just four months after voting on it, they had dispensaries. By contrast, voters in North Dakota, Ohio, and neighboring Arkansas approved medical pot in 2016 but have yet to see sales begin amid legal wrangling and legislative meddling i th i think i think we have i think i think we are really the wild wild west in many respects says attorney sarah lee gossett parish whose firm in norman represents several cannabis businesses here in oklahoma we're a pretty independent constituency we are primarily a red state but we don't like a lot of government controls. Indeed, un unlike virtually ev every other state, Oklahoma officials created no list for qualifying medical conditions for people to get medical marijuana. That has prompted a flood of applications for personal licenses to purchase pot. Since August, more than 22,000 have been approved and thousands more are in the pipeline. There are now 785 licensed dispensaries. Some small Oklahoma towns have as many as half a dozen. Norman and Stillwater, two of the state's largest college towns, have 45 combined. Imagine that. Sage Farms is one of more than 1,200 licensed commercial growers. Owner Ben Neal has been using high-tech growing techniques for years to produce tomatoes, lettuce, peppers, and other vegetables at his six greenhouses in rural Tulsa County. He has now converted a third of his operation to growing marijuana and has hired three new workers and just harvested 200 pounds of various strains which will be auctioned next month. Neil said he has been offered 2800 per pound for the entire crop, a total of $560,000. He was shocked at how quickly Oklahoma embraced this industry. Nine months ago, I was I was saying that Oklahoma would be the last state if they ever did it. And then all of a sudden this happened, Neil said. In the bedroom community of Shawnee, east of Oklahoma City, business is is steady at the Oklahoma Roots Dispensary. Chance Gilbert grows, processes, and sells marijuana inside what was once a metal fabrication shop. It's kind of it's kind of radical how fast it is gotten going," said Gilbert, who expects to produce about 50 pounds of marijuana a month once at full capacity. We assume it would be the Arkansas model, that it would take years before it was implemented and rolled out. 
the primary driver behind Oklahoma's quick rollout was a broadly written citizen-led ballot question that included quick deadlines and required regulators to grant licenses to every qualified applicant. But several political ingredients combined to push this effort along. First, instead of the general election being in November, Governor Mary Fallin placed the question in, in the June on the June primary ballot, where it passed overwhelmingly, despite opposition from law enforcement, doctors, and clergy. This allowed more time for the program to ramp up before the legislature returns in February. Then when, Oklahoma, then when the Oklahoma State Board of Health tried to impose heavy-handed regulations such as banning smokable pot and requiring a pharmacist at every dispensary, the public was outraged. Every segment of the pro-marijuana movement o or mobilized and organized and even the state's Republican Attorney General weighed in with the legal option that the board had gone too far. I think every Oklahoman who has a soul was appalled that they tried to change a political decision that the people of Oklahoma had just made, said Chip Paul, who helped write and push the state, state question 788. After the board's meeting and after the attorney general's letter, a third rail of politics would be to mess with state question 788. Oklahoma conservative legislature took notice. While GOP leaders still plan to implement some general standards for lab testing, packaging, and measures to prevent pot from ending up on the black market, they appear in no rush to make wholesale changes. I do not see an appetite at all to go in and try to undo the will of the people and get rid of medical marijuana, said State Senator Greg McCourtney, Republican Ada, who served as a medical, who served on the medical pot task force. The state's new medical marijuana authority has has already raked in in more than 7.5 million from registration fees from patients, growers, and dispensaries. The first revenue from the seven from the new 7% sales tax on pot sales has begun dribbling into the state's coffers last month. Even members of law enforcement who were the most vocal opponents appear to accept that the public's attitude on marijuana have shifted. Quote, there are there are many people out there who like to go out on their back porch in the evening in the privacy of their own homes and they like to smoke marijuana, said Wagner Ch County Sheriff Chris Elliott, who worked for 27 years as a Tulsa police officer before before being elected sheriff. These are not what you call dangerous druggies or seedy people. These are people who work, they pay taxes and they go to church. They've had to sneak around because they've lived in fear of me, law enforcement. End quote. And that's the end of the article. Um, it's 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 miraculous and it's beautiful what happened with Oklahoma. Um, I mean, I remember them voting on this, and in, in June of this year, and um, and it ended up passing, like the article said, by fifty-seven percent. But immediately after, you know, the lawmakers and the 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 GOP in the state in in that in the state of Oklahoma, you know, they didn't like that their law that their citizens had passed the medical marijuana measure. I mean, the governor, the governor even put it in June because 
instead of November because she was hoping that a low turnout in June would attract older voters who tend to be who tend to be more opposed to cannabis and would have the ballot measure fail. So she was passively, passively, aggressively trying to sabotage the measure. And, you know, it blew up in her face as as 57 percent of the voters ended up supporting it. Um, so there was underhanded tactics from the very beginning, but the people, the people didn't have any of it. You know, they, 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 they held their ground and made it known that they weren't going to tolerate lawmaker meddling like at, like what had happened in other states and the, what would happen in the future in, in Utah. Um, and another regulation that I remember reading about that happened in Oklahoma is that the, that for women of childbearing age, they were going to require all women trying to get a medical marijuana card to um, they're going to require them to get a pregnancy test. They're going to they were going to try to push this misogynistic and chauvinistic law to to control women and control women's bodies and choices. And I'm glad that that got struck down, you know, that the activists on the ground and that the, the, the voters made it known to their lawmakers that they weren't going to have any meddling with these laws and they weren't going to allow misogynist practices to be shoved in their faces uh, i love that they did that and you know as soon as this thing passed you know the, the 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 ink wasn't even dry in the paper they were trying to require pharmacists to be at every dispensary and you know they're and in practice that sounds like a good idea but the thing is marijuana for the time being since it's still a schedule one narcotic according to our backwards government you know so pharmacists would lose their they would lose their pharmacist license if they were to help out in medical marijuana dispensary so that was just a way to that was just a way to sabotage the thing and make it make the the new law that the voters voted on unworkable so that it would effectively still be illegal you know, but the but the activists and the 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 P and the voters made it known that they weren't going to accept that. You know, they they wrote to their lawmakers, they organized, and they made it known that, you know, we don't want this happening. You know, even even they themselves don't use marijuana, or they themselves don't know any medical patients. You know, we had just voted to, to allow compassion for our sickest and most vulnerable people. That, pharma has failed, and. You know, it's none. It's none of anyone's business what people do behind closed doors. Again, a doctor, a doctor-patient relationship is none of anyone's effing business. If your doctor says that medical marijuana is going to help your condition, who, 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 who are the lawmakers to decide whether or not you access it? As long as you are not hurting anyone, it's no one's business but your own and your doctor's. And it was just beautiful how the people of Oklahoma rallied rallied behind the will of the people and you know made sure that this was implemented as as intended and as voted on because the lawmakers are going to try to ban they're going to like like i've been saying that a lot of states like to try to do you know a lot of more conservative states they like to ban smokable flour because oh my god you know we can't have people smelling weed or whatever or that's bad for the children or you know, it's bad for, you know, it's it's bad for property values or whatever, whatever other thinly veiled um, discriminatory, discriminatory rules or discriminatory mindsets they want to try to shove down the throats of others. But they weren't able to ban smokable flour. They weren't able to do that. They have 
like the article said, they have the most liberal medical marijuana laws. So, you know, there there isn't a list of 15 or 10 conditions that you have to have or you'll be denied cannabis. No, anyone who feels they can benefit can get it. And the doc and the doctors prescribing medical marijuana can, can prescribe for any condition that they see fit. And the doctors are given full discretion as to what's going to be in the best interest of the patient as opposed to lawmakers making that decision. You know, often, often a lot of the times it's lawmakers that have never touched the plant or never used marijuana in their lives and hold the people that use it in contempt and, you know, want to want to sabotage the law and want to implement it as slowly as possible. You know, Oklahoma, I mean, um, Arkansas, a neighboring state to Oklahoma, they voted on it in 2016 and they still don't have the dispensaries yet. You know, because their lawmakers are, are are dragging their feet, and they don't, they they hold marijuana and the users in contempt. So they're, so they don't want to really take the issue seriously. So they're just taking their sweet, their sweet, sweet time with it. And you know, we have to be mindful of what our lawmakers are going to do. You know, although thirty some states, although I think thirty three states have made it legal for medical purposes. The lawmakers, their mentality still isn't there with the people yet. You know, 66% of Americans want marijuana to be legal for all adults over 21. But most lawmakers, you know, they have to be drag kicking and screaming. And, you know, they have to, they have to, you know, the, the, the activists and the people putting these ballot measures on the ballots, they have to put stringent requirements to hold these lawmakers accountable so they don't poison these these ballot measures you know like like the article said they put very they put very strict requirements that they made the lawmakers follow so they couldn't sabotage the law you know that they had to they had to grant licenses to people that were eligible they had to they had to abide by the will of the people by allowing no no medical condition list and allowing doctors to prescribe at their discretion and you know, this 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 is a marathon, not a sprint. We have to constantly, constantly keep on top of our lawmakers. And if they do pull shenanigans, we have to write to our state senators, we have to write to our state lawmakers, we gotta to write to our governors, we've got to write to our attorney generals and make it known that we want the will of the people implemented. You know, we're not gonna we're not going to ex- accept any compromise or accept any sort of, of of watering down of the law that we we the people supported. You know, that has to be made known to these lawmakers that, you know, we're sick and suffering adults that are responsible, that pay that pay taxes, that work for a living, and that want to use med- medicine that works for us. And, you know, us using medicine to help our conditions is between us and our doctor. And it's none of these lawmakers' gosh darn business. It ain't. And we have to stand firm with this. Um... According to the Oklahoma Medical Marijuana Authority's official Twitter, as of December 19th, 29,519 patients are on are, have their cards and two, there are 213 caregivers and there are 20 2676 business applications received for a grand total of 32,408 so it's uh, and also 22,000 
990 patients, 152 caregivers, 785 dispensaries, 1,163 growers, and 333, no, 331 processor licenses approved. 2551 total. This is what happens when the P. This is what happens when the power of the uh, when the power of the people, with the power of the people. This is what happens when the when the people all get on code. They all get on message, and they all have guidelines, and they all have boundaries that are not to be broken. When you make it known to your lawmakers that if they cross a line, that they're they're going to be sitting on the unemployment line. If you make it known that they're going to be out of a job if they don't follow the will of, of the people. Then that, then they have to fall in line, and they have to kowtow to the people, and not the other way around. And it is key that we, that whether it's recreational or medical, that we make it known that there, these lawmakers could lose their jobs if they if they overrule the will of the people. You know, we'll we'll put them on the unemployment line, and we'll elect another woman or man that's going that that is going to abide by the will of the people. There has to be actual consequences for their actions. And there has to be actual consequences that are going to be acted on if they violate the will of the people. And, um, I mean, I guess that's kind of all I wanted to say with that and why I wanted to re rebring this issue up. I, I feel that in the coming year, in the coming 2019, in the coming 2020, when more states legalize it, you know, we're going to have to be mindful of these battles we're going to fight with these lawmakers and um i wanted to put in some positivity as um you know it seems like i'm always ranting about lawmakers but here's a here's a here's a case where where the people stood up stood up to their lawmakers and stood up to their elected officials and the elected officials had to bend the knee to them and not the other way around so i just wanted to leave you that before um b- b- during this sort of christmas break um, there's going to be some episodes planned. I mean, I think this episode will drop the day after Christmas. And then there's going to be another episode that drops on, on Saturday as usual. Um, and as always, everyone, stay medicated, my friends. It was like Christmas time. I, was, I had drove, driven home, went to, uh, you know, go to Boston for a second. So I'm driving back. You know, you know, you know, you drive and you get that, that, um, that scared, tired, like that tired that you just, that type of. It's tired. Well, yep. I went to sleep a couple of times. Oof. Horrified tired. So I got to stop. Pull in there. Park. I go, thank God. I, I put my seat back. Whew. Thanking God. For some reason, you know, after about good five minutes of sleeping, I just, my, my eyes open. Nothing woke me up. Just my eyes open. Boy, I look to the left. Then I look to my right, out my passenger side. There's a guy looking at my window. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Clean cut white guy, well dressed businessman type. I look at him to try to give him like for thirty seconds. We're looking at each other. I crack my window about an inch. I go, what, what, what's up, man? He goes, it's cold out here. I go, what? It's cold out here. And he and he tries my handle on my door. He, I said, what? Well, what go inside. <laughs> I go. I go. Well, go inside. It's coffee in there. He immediately bounced. That's how he left. He just goes, oh, all right, and walked calmly away, like almost like he knew I would be in shock if I wasn't. I'm just like that was weird. This I watch him. This gets into 
a Subaru Outback with a Christmas tree on top <laughs> and drives away. And oh, that's when man. that's when the adrenaline kicked. I said he was going he was going to suck strange black before he went home to take a Christmas tree to his family. <laughs> it was like drinking 14 cups of coffee and a Red Oh, Bowl. you were awake. Once I said I didn't know I thought he was just a creepy cold guy.